At eight o'clock sharp, Victor Banos showed up for his shift. Excuse me, Sergeant Victor Banos. That sergeant thing is real important to him, though the only real difference between him and me are two military-type stripes sewn on the shoulders of his uniform, which he earned by being the nephew of the area supervisor for the security company. The stripes indicate that Victor gets slightly higher pay than me because he also serves as a training officer, which means he sometimes shares the shack with new recruits, showing them the complexities of writing license plates down in the log and watching the gate when you're in back on the toilet. What Victor doesn't tell the newbies is how he takes kickbacks from painters, gardeners, plumbers, handymen, electricians, and other workers that he recommends to the residents, or that as the day shift guy he always gets the best Christmas presents because he's the one guard the people who live there actually know. I really wanted Cyril Parkas to drive up in his Jag, or maybe his Mercedes or Range Rover, and pick me up for that business meeting just to see the look of jealousy on Sergeant Victor's face but I knew it wasn't going to happen. Anything happened last night? asked Victor. He asked me that every morning, and every morning I told him nothing had, even though it wasn't always true. A year ago, in the street in front of the guard shack, I saw a coyote with a French poodle in its mouth. We stared at each other, for a minute or two. Then he ran off. Now the coyote shows up every few weeks to stare at me some more. I stare back. That night, just before dawn, he came back. It felt like he stared at me a lot longer this time, before loping off into the darkness. I'm not sure if a coyote looking at me would qualify as something happening to Victor, who claims he once got a blowjob in broad daylight from a teenage girl who lives in the community. While she was giving it to him, her mother happened to drive up to the gate. Victor says he just smiled and waved her through, and neither mother nor daughter was ever the wiser. I don't know if the story is true, but all of us guards wanted to believe it anyway. It gave us one more thing to fantasize about during those long shifts in that tiny shack. So, like always, I told Victor nothing happened and trudged down the street to where my 95 Nissan Sentra was parked, a discreet distance from the million-dollar front gate so as not to bring down the property values. They don't want my car leaking oil on the pressed concrete cobblestones in front of the gate, But they don't mind the resident who's kept a dead DeLorean rotting in his driveway for years, the tires flat, the car caked in layers of calcified bird crap. If it was a Tercel or a Sonata or a Maxima or any other car with a sticker price under $50,000, there'd be an angry mob on his front lawn lobbing rocks, torches, and lawyers at the house. When I got to my car, I took off my uniform shirt, stuck it on a hanger, and hung it from the plastic hook in the back seat. That saved me having to wash or iron it for a couple days. I kept on the white t-shirt I wore underneath and drove down to the Ventura Freeway, took the overpass to the other side, and parked in front of the Denny's that was beside the off-ramp. I'd been going to the Denny's since I started working at Bell Vista Estates, except for a month or two while they were remodeling the restaurant to look like a 50s diner instead of the 70s coffee shop it was before. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, since the 70s were hot again and the 50s craze was long dead, that's Denny's for you. They just discovered stir-fry, too. Pretty soon, they'd stumble on croissants. I picked a booth by the window so Parkas wouldn't have any trouble spotting me. I ordered a Coke and decided to give him ten minutes before ordering, because the smell of sizzling bacon was making me drool. I was halfway through my Coke and ten seconds away from flagging a waitress when Parkas showed up,
looking like a kid sneaking into a topless bar. Not that I know much about topless bars. Well, not lately, anyway. He smiled nervously and slid into the booth, smoothing his silk tie as if the simple act of sitting down would have wrinkled it all up. I smoothed my T-shirt, just in case sitting down had ruffled me up, too. Thanks for meeting me, Harvey, Parkas smiled. I appreciate it. I shrugged. His suit, even if he bought it at the outlet mall, was worth more than my car. The waitress came to the table, and while I ordered a T-bone steak, fries, and another Coke, he picked up the laminated menu and made a show of looking through it. I don't think he was used to a menu with pictures on it. His discomfort already made the meeting worthwhile for me. He ended up ordering a bagel and some coffee. As soon as the waitress was gone, he smoothed his tie again and smiled at me. I smiled back and fought the urge to smooth my t-shirt.